0: The palace Theater,
1: your palace,
0: your
1: place. Welcome to the memories. Palace Theatres Broadway Buzz, presented by Webster Bank. The Palace Theatre is located in Waterbury, Connecticut. My name is Stuart Brown, founder of the 24-7 online Broadway radio station, soundsofbroadway.com. If you are looking for non-stop Broadway music, tune in to soundsofbroadway.com, playing the best from Off-Broadway, Broadway, and the London Stage. I'll be your host for this podcast series. I am very excited to introduce my guests for this episode, composer Stephen Flaherty, who, along with his longtime collaborator Lynn Ahrens, has written some of the most well known and beloved musicals of the past 30 years, including Once on This Island, Ragtime, and Anastasia. We're going to talk about Anastasia since the stage musical will be coming to the Palace Theater October 19th through 21st. Welcome to the program, Stephen. Thanks for having me, Stuart. It's my pleasure to be here. I'm going to assume, which I know is not a good thing, that listeners (laughs) know that the world premiere of Anastasia was actually right here in Connecticut at the Hartford Stage. And I saw that production. I actually saw that production, the Broadway production, the national tour. And I knew once I saw that show, and I think everyone in the audience was just blown away, and they knew that was a show destined for being a success on Broadway. How is it working at Hartford Stage, at a regional theater, to to try out a big Broadway show?
2: It it, it was wonderful. It was like one of the greatest out-of-town experiences uh, that we've ever had. And uh, our director uh, of the show, uh, Darko Trezniak, uh, at the time was the artistic director of Hartford Stage, so it just seemed like kind of a perfect fit. Because, you know, he knew, every, he knew every person that worked in that theater, you know, from the person that, that ripped your ticket to the person that, you know, sold you a candy bar at, at intermission. And uh, everybody at the theater worked like this well-oiled machine. They were so excited to be doing this new show uh, in Hartford. And everybody worked together uh, as this team and, and really made, made it happen. And uh, the, the audiences, I have to say, were very smart. You know, and that's that's really where you learn about your show. You know, you try uh, new songs, new scenes. Uh, you're making changes all through the rehearsal period and the preview period. So you count on the audience for the feedback. It, it was a, w- a wonderful opportunity to focus the show, to try new things, basically make the show come alive in front of a live audience and uh, to have a very intelligent audience giving us smart feedback was exactly what we needed. So how did you get the feedback? Was that just sitting in the audience and if there
1: was supposed to be oh, a yeah. funny scene or
2: a song went flat? No, you, 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 you can tell you it's, I I would say you can pick up from the vibe. Like, uh, you can tell where, where things are going a little too slowly or where the audience might be ahead of the show. And you can, it's a visceral thing. And, uh, you know, from doing this for so many years, you learn, you learn the signs, you know, and you can see even like, even something as basic as body language, you know, how somebody sits in their chair, are they leaning towards the show or are they, you know, reclining away from, (laughs) away from the show. And also I, I personally love to be a fly on the wall, uh, at intermission. So I am always in, in the lobby and I'm always, uh, listening to what the audience has to say because, uh, And maybe the worst thing is if they're not talking about your show at all, you know, if they're talking, if they're talking about what they need to do after, (laughs) after the theater, that is not a good sign, you know, but if they're fully engaged in the story that you're telling, you know, you can find that out. I just, I just love to hear what people have to say, the the good, the bad and the ugly. And, you know, hopefully it can be constructive and uh, it will make the show better because that's, that's what we're there in the theater to do to create something that uh, people will be excited about. So what you're
1: saying is, if you come to Hartford again, and I'm in the audience, <laughs> I right. should be very
2: <laughs> animated,
1: and at intermission.
2: No, this- you should be. You should. Be, you should just give your honest, honest <laughs> reaction. You know what I mean? And uh, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll take it from there. We, we had worked with a, a collaborator, uh, Graciela Danielle, who was a, she, she just got, actually got the an honorary lifetime achievement Tony Award this year. And we've done many shows with her as director and choreographer. And her motto was that the last collaborator was the audience. You know, that the writer would start with the idea, the writer would share it with the director, then the actors come in Then the designers. But ultimately it is the audience that is the last collaborator. And I think I think she's really right, absolutely right. You
1: mm-hmm. must
2: be very excited that
1: A, they are reopening and B, that Anastasia is now embarking on a national tour.
2: Yes, uh, absolutely. I was uh, fortunate that I was able to see a run of Anastasia with this wonderful new cast uh, last Monday uh, here in New York. And uh, it was the first time that I had been with a group of actors and a group of musicians creating live music and live theatrical storytelling since March of 2020, and uh, I, I was surprised. I got very emotional. I wasn't expecting that, but you know, the just being in that room with those people creating that vocal sound and telling that story, it was it, it was a, a very emotional experience for all of us. So. Uh, it, it was it was great. So I was able to uh, see their takes on the characters, offer them, hopefully, what were helpful notes. And uh, and now uh, they're in tech in Georgia and also the community. You know, I mean, people don't realize that, that that's one of the things that I absolutely love about theater is it's about the group effort. It's about a group of people in real time creating something that's unique, uh, that's living and breathing for a live audience. Have you ever been to the Palace Theater in Waterbury? I have to admit I have not not been there. How many seats how many seats do you have
1: there? Oh it's um, I think it's 2300. Wow, um, okay, so it's a big one. They did a uh, restoration, oh goodness, 16, 20 years ago something like that spent a lot of money and it's this grand theater uh, from the outside. Wonderful. It doesn't look like much. The inside is just absolutely gorgeous, which I think really has that kind of old world charm, which is a perfect setting for Anastasia.
2: That's great. Um, I remember when we did the first national tour, uh, it came to my hometown of Pittsburgh. And uh, we have one of those old grand theaters that was given a facelift uh, a a while ago uh, called the Benidim Center. And uh, it was it sounds sounds very similar because it's maybe like 2,000 seats or so. And uh, it was just great to have this like very opulent production and, and a very opulent theater. I think for shows, especially
1: like Anastasia, because it takes place at the early part of the uh, 20th century in <laughs> Russia, then moves yeah. to Paris. That's the type of setting you want to really help build the audience's expectations and anticipation of the show.
2: It's been interesting because uh recently uh there are several opera companies in Europe that have been interested in the in the piece. So there's actually a production uh that's going to be uh in Sweden uh in, in a, a world famous opera house. So I'm I'm ex- excited about that, you know, because uh there's something about the show that always felt very European, very opulent and uh, It sort of leans into the idea of operetta in a a lot of ways, because it's it's almost all sung through. And um, it's I'm I'm excited by that. So is that going to be a road trip to Sweden for you? Oh, we'll see. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I I do have to say part of the adventure of the show is um, Lynn and I, as I'm sure you know, we wrote the songs for the 20th Century Fox uh, motion picture back in the day. And uh it's been it's been a real adventure for us following uh, the life of of not only the film but now the show. So um we had we had our European kickoff for the film in Paris. So we had this amazing Paris junket. and then the now that it's it's a stage production, it's not let us down. Uh, it's it's continued we, because um uh, after we had the Broadway production, which was, uh, you know, the production from Hartford that we then moved to Broadway. We had a production in Madrid, Spain, Stuttgart, Germany, uh, the Netherlands, uh, two different productions in Tokyo. And uh, uh, we've been casting in Mexico. So So the fact that there have been all of these productions uh at roughly the same time too which has been new for me you know usually we do a, a a show on Broadway and then there's a tour that follows then when the tour closes if you're lucky you know another uh production happens but this was like a, a a lot of excitement all at once and so yes to answer your question that's my long-winded way of saying yes it's it's opened up the world uh to me and and it's great that your music takes you to places that you've not been to before
1: Stephen, we're going to take a short break, and then we're going to come back and talk more about Anastasia. Where can you hear the best music from Off-Broadway, Broadway, and the London stage? The answer, soundsofbroadway.com, your 24-7 online Broadway music radio station. Listen to selections from well-known, popular, and more obscure musicals for the most diverse playlists anywhere. That's soundsofbroadway.com. Let's
0: go on with the show.
1: We're all living through an unusual time together, but each one of us is dealing with it differently. Webster Bank is here to help you move forward, at whatever pace is right for you whether you're taking small steps or big bold ones whether you're refocusing on your future re-energizing your business or reconnecting with everyone you love webster will help you take your next steps on your time welcome back to the broadway buzz i'm Stuart brown and i'm speaking with composer stephen flaherty about Anastasia, which will be at the Palace Theatre in Waterbury, October 19th through 21st. You mentioned the film, and uh, that's from 1997, full-length animated film. And I would imagine that one of the reasons the stage production is being staged all over the world is because you have a film of the work. Now, the stage production is a little different. It is. I'm going to ask you to tell this uh, story about when you were developing the show with the Hollywood moguls and <laughs> looking at sort of a historical bent. And then you met with them in All Ball bon Pant in New York City. And can yes. you talk about that episode? Oh, yeah.
2: Well, yes, I mean, the, the, when people ask, you know, what is the difference between working in the world of film and working in theater? In theater, basically, the, the author is the top of the totem pole. You know, you, you have a creative control over, over your piece because you own the copyright and uh, over its future. And uh, in the world of film, you are a hired gun, you know? So the, the, the truth of it is, is you're paid better but you don't have the artistic control that you do in the theater. So uh, yes, in uh, Au Bon Pan on, uh, in Sixth Avenue, there was a meeting where they were talking about the villain of the piece, because in each of these, you know, animated films, there's always like a villain character, you know, and there's always a villain song. So they were trying to figure out who would the villain be. So one of the producers who was there just, off the top of their head pitched the notion that the villain would be Rasputin who would, but of course, Rasputin was not around. He was already, you know, deceased at this point. So they said, well, what if Rasputin came back from the grave? So, (laughs) so like, of, of course, there's that moment where you think you're going to literally spit your coffee out. It's going to be a classic spit take because in one second, you realize that the entire Story and the entire tone of, of the piece has changed. And people seemed excited about that notion. So you realized it was going to play fast and loose with Russian history. And uh, it was ultimately going to be more of a fantasy than anything that, that's based in historical incident. So, yeah, so that's how Rasputin became uh the villain for the film and uh actually going back to the story for the theater rasputin is not in it we've removed him and we have a new a new character new antagonist who's created by the great playwright terence mcnally who represents the new the new order of russia so it's about the the old order the new order and uh he's created this new character terence uh and uh, it's it's a very interesting uh, political slash love triangle at the center of our story. So uh, we we were very excited about that.
1: Now you left out one important point about that story: uh, Rasputin's sidekick.
2: Oh yes, yes. In the anim- animated film of Anastasia, Rasputin does have a sidekick who is uh, an albino bat, who, who is voiced <laughs> who is voiced by Hank Azaria. And he basically is there because he's just a, he's a wisecracker. And uh, Hank came up with this, this crazy accent that this bat would have. And we couldn't, we couldn't place what country that bat was from, you know, but oddly, uh, all these years later, when we were talking uh, about developing it into the stage production, we wondered if we shouldn't have a cameo of the bat, we knew that Rasputin was not gonna make the cut, but we thought, well, maybe the bat could, and oddly uh, Bartok the bat, his accent is very similar to Darko Trezhnak, our director. So I, for the life of me, kept trying to convince Darko that he should voice the bat and there should be a little cameo and you know, it didn't make it. But um, a- after Anastasia, we did get to do what they in Hollywood call a prequel, which is really a sequel uh, that takes place before the original story. So uh, we got to uh, create a new series of songs and I got to score the picture for a short family film, uh, like 70-minute film, called Bartok the Magnificent. So that's that's all in the universe, <laughs> in case you're interested. So the, the stage musical, you have songs yeah. that you've retained
1: from the film and new ones. Yeah. Why don't we listen to one of the songs that you've retained from the from the film to the stage show. And I guess this is one of the most recognizable songs from the movie and just in general, and that's Journey to the
2: Past. Can you talk a little bit about that? It was one of the earlier songs that we wrote for it in the film. It's the first song. It's, it's way at the front at the beginning of the um, character Anya's journey. So uh, there's sort of like there's a group number and then that's her first song. And we felt that in the stage production, she needed to earn the song so uh, the placement is uh, at the end of act one in, in the stage production. And we got to write up to that moment uh, for the stage production. But um, it, it's a song that was uh, awfully exciting to, to write. And we wrote it for our friend Liz Calloway, who is the voice of the, the film Anastasia. And we spent the whole day in a recording studio recording another song with a 65 piece orchestra. We recorded Once Upon a December. And at the end of the day, uh, our producers had heard that we had written a new song, which they had not heard yet. So uh, Liz is super fast with reading music. So I was able to teach the song to her uh, during our little five and 10 minute breaks during the day. And uh, at the end of the day, it must have been about one or two in the morning. We put down a piano vocal demo of the song. And since that moment, nothing changed, like not a note, not a word. And uh, it, it was very exciting. And it was our first film. And uh, the song was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Song. And uh, the score, the song score, was nominated for Best Score. And we were, we were also up for uh, two Golden Globe Awards that year for Journey to the Past and for Once Upon a December. So uh, it, it was a very exciting year for us and a very memorable uh, debut. Well, let's listen
1: to the song from the stage production. This is... Christy Altamere with Journey to the Past. journey to the past from the stage production of Anastasia. I'm speaking with Stephen Flaherty, the composer of the musical, who, along with Lynn Ahrens, wrote the score. As you said, the musical has undergone a number of changes from the film. How was it now that you're working in sort of your, your chosen field the theater where you have the control as opposed to being that hired gun. How was it having more of a free reign and, and the the two of you plus Terrence McNally could really come up with, here's what we want to do.
2: Well, it it, it was great. And, you know, we love, uh, Terrence. This was our third show, um, that, that we wrote with him, you know, our first being Ragtime, And then, uh, the second show was, uh, an off-Broadway musical done at Lincoln Center called A Man of No Importance, which is going to be revived in New York this coming year, which I'm thrilled about. And then uh, Anastasia. And um, Terrence, uh, to his credit, he said, you know, I'm not interested in just taking an animated film and just putting it on the stage. He said, I'm not interested in that. And luckily, we said, you know, we're not either. What we would would like to do is uh, use the basic storyline, certain elements of the film. But basically, let's consider this a, t- a completely new show. Let's start from scratch. And uh, it was tricky because those early performances in Hartford, we wanted to make sure that we didn't alienate the people that loved the film. Because for a lot of people, I, I didn't realize this, but I came to realize that uh, for a lot of people, uh, it's one of their favorite films, or it's a film that they had grown up with. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, we were rearranging it, creating new moments, uh, new songs, new scenes, new characters. And we just wanted to make sure that they were with us for the trip. And after one of the early previews, one of our audience members found Lynn in the lobby and said, you know, uh, this, is a, this was a, a piece that I grew up with. And now that I'm an adult, the piece has grown up for me. So the the fact that the the characters had deepened, that they had matured. It was wonderful to get that vote of confidence from you know from a fan who oddly was wearing a tiara. <laughs> there was a lot, there was a lot of cosplay in that in that theater.
1: One of the the pleasures for the audience is seeing a beloved film now being up on stage, flesh and blood, people singing, three-dimensional. It is such an enjoyable show. And I think it's a perfect show for, let's call it that tween audience, the females out there that are looking for young, strong willed, independent woman. Yeah, that is that is what Anastasia is.
2: Yeah. I mean, we, we wanted to make sure that this wasn't going to devolve into a story where the guy saves the girl. You know, she is frankly tougher than all the men on on that stage. And we wanted to really make that, uh, we, we made that a point of the story. We wanted her to uh, take matters into her own hands. And, you know, she makes friendships and al- along the way, but they don't define her. She defines herself. You mentioned that you
1: made changes, that you and, and mm-hmm. Terrence McNally made changes, that you wanted to have a little more of a historical relevance To the show, I mean, it's entertaining, obviously, but that to move away from that sort of supernatural uh, flavor from the film and sort of have it more of a historical reference point with what's what was going on in Russia at that time.
2: Yeah, that's right. And uh, a lot of people might not know that uh, actually, the animated film is based on an earlier film uh, called Anastasia that starred Ingrid Bergman as Anya, and she she won the Oscar for Best Actress for that uh, that film. And uh, there are certain scenes that are in both films that were never musicalized. So there's a scene where all of the characters finally are assembling uh, at a ballet in in Paris. And you see, uh, and it's a series of reaction shots really. So you see the grandmother looking at Anya, you see Anya looking across the audience at the grandmother, you see all of the characters while there's a ballet on the stage. And uh, one of the cool things is we, we thought, why don't we make that a centerpiece of act two? Because that's the first time that all of our characters, uh, the protagonist, the heroine, the antagonist, the grandmother, that they're all in the same physical space together. And uh, so we decided to create something that would be a ballet uh, using the music of Swan Lake, the Tchaikovsky themes from Swan Lake, and then weaving five of our original themes for the characters to sing. So you're inside their minds, what, what they're feeling, what they're sensing. And uh, at the same time, you have a classical ballet. And uh, I think that that was the most fun we as a team had. The designers loved it. The choreographer always you know, obviously, loved it. Darko came up with the notion that the three characters in Swan Lake could mirror the three characters in our story. So it was really, really exciting. And uh, uh, early on, we we actually had a Russian producer whose name was Dmitri Dmitri Bogachev, and uh, Dmitri is the is the uh, hero of our story as well. And uh, he dropped the seed to me uh, that maybe there would be something in having the Russian classical ballet and possibly a theme from a Russian composer to be the basis of a sequence. And I thought either that's a great idea or the worst idea ever. So, so we just threw ourselves at it. And uh, it's it's a real highlight of the show and a total audience pleasing moment. When you look at the popularity
1: of of the show and and why people are sort of Gravitating to it, what what is the attraction of Anastasia?
2: I I think they're intrigued by the idea of somebody finding their place in the world. Uh, it's it's a mystery, but it's also an adventure, and there's a romance, and there's something about well, the the bridge uh, of Journey to the Past that we just heard features three words: home, love, family, and uh, those those three ideas are central and core to Anastasia. It's about finding your family, finding your home where you belong, and finding the person uh, that you wanna spend your life with. And I think that they're all totally essential and central to this particular story. And I think that that's one of the things uh, that, that resonate with the audiences.
1: How many songs did you compose that are just for the stage show?
2: versus oh, the stage show? I think there are 15 new songs in the score, but we, we composed more than that. You know, you always you always keep the writing of a show as a process. And uh, in the Japanese production, we actually wrote a new song that they because they wanted to feature the character of Dimitri Moore. So uh, we wrote we wrote a new song for that particular production. But yes, we we kept about five songs from the film and we wrote 15 new ones.
1: That's a great segue into, let's hear, a song written yeah. for the stage. And I think we're going to listen to my my
2: Petersburg? That's right. So this is a, a new song uh, written for the character of Dimitri. And on the recording, it's sung by Derek Klenna. He was our Dimitri in the original production at Hartford Stage and on Broadway. And uh, he originated... The character in the stage adaptation, and uh, we, we wrote it for him. Let's listen to my Petersburg from
1: the stage musical Anastasia.
0: I grew up on the sly in the gutters and the streets of Petersburg, just a kid on the fly, getting good at getting by in Petersburg. For a blanket, stolen for my bread. Learn to take my chances and use my head. A Russian rat is clever, clever, or he ends up dead. Boils down to there are some who survive, some who don't, some give up, some give in. Me, I won't. Black and blue. Welcome to my Petersburg. From the spires to the piers of Petersburg I'd be down on that key Selling stolen souvenirs of Petersburg The palaces above and alleyways below Funny when a city is all you know how Even when you hate it, something in you loves it so That's where I learned my stuff in some raw company. There's the boy growing up, who was me, all I've been, all I'll be. We can do what we're told, we can go where we're led, but I learned from my father to see what's ahead. An eye on the fly, just in time. But tonight, there's a sky and quite a view. Welcome to
1: my Petersburg. That was Derek Klena from the musical Anastasia with My Petersburg one of the things i loved about anastasia the visuals ah they're great the projections i'm not a big fan of projections because i think a lot of times they don't do them right in anastasia uh-huh. they were incredible and they really augmented the 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 sets and it was able to what was it that one was it one scene where they're in the forest and then poof they're in paris and it's just yeah. it, it just it was just so striking
2: well you know it's we we couldn't fully get what they were going to be like, you know, because we just had this little model of the set. And then they were talking about how the projections would move, but we just couldn't visualize what it would be, you know? So we were letting Darko and his team uh, and the projectionist, uh, Aaron Ryan, follow their ideas. And whenever we saw them in the theater, it just blew us away. It's, it was so sumptuous. And, and, and also if you uh, have seen the show, we never go to blackout. You know, it's it's like you're watching a film. It's constantly moving. It's constantly going from place to place. So the idea of an adventure, of an action, it never rests. It keeps going forward, and the projections are very much a part of that. And uh, after a while, uh, writing the music—that's the musical continuity between the songs. It, it felt to me like I was scoring a film, because I would be going from point A to point B, and and Darko was very specific about his changes or what he needed. There's a scene on a train, a moving train, and he said, okay, we need 10 extra seconds here. We need 20 seconds here. And so it was really like they were on a moving train and you're scoring that for a picture, but it happens to be on the stage.
1: Well, I was going to mention the train because yeah. that is a, a masterful piece of stage illusion. I mean, you feel you're on that train. I mean, I, I was getting a little seasick, uh, (laughs) just, you know, watching the train and, um, you know, again, I, that's, you just can't get in the film that you really, you become a passenger on that train.
2: Yeah. And there's, there, there's something about a Russian train, you know, because they're all in every single Russian piece, there's a sequence that's on a train. So I, I actually remember our first day coming to, Hartford stage and I was on the train going to Hartford and uh, across the aisle uh, was Mary Beth Peel who plays the Dowager Empress uh, in the original production. And it began to snow and it was it was so strange because it was like, it, like we were really past the winter, we thought, and then all of a sudden the snow's coming down and we're on a, a train that's speeding by the countryside. And she goes, oh, it's so Russian. Isn't this just perfect? And it was, it was. Stephen, we're going to have to end our, our chat. It's been
1: great. And I know we could spend a lot more time talking about Anastasia, but uh, I think we're going to stop and let the audience Thanks. savor what we've spoken
2: about. W- wonderful. Thanks for having me as a guest. And I just wanted to do a quick shout out to three of our wonderful actors, Kyla Stone, who plays Anya, Sam McClellan, who plays Dimitri, and Brandon Delgado, who is our new antagonist, the misunderstood Gleb Vaganov. So uh, those three actors, uh, they're just super, super talented. I can't wait for them to take Waterbury by storm, and we're so excited about the show coming to the palace, which I understand is beautiful, and it'll it'll be a, a magical evening in the theater for everybody.
1: And just to remind listeners, Anastasia will be at the Palace October 19th through 21st. You can go to the website, Palace Theatre CT, and that is Palace Theatre with an E-R, Again, thank you, Stephen, for spending time from your very busy schedule. You've been listening to the Palace Theatre's Broadway Buzz presented by Webster Bank. The Palace Theatre is located in Waterbury, Connecticut. My name is Stuart Brown, founder of the 24-7 online Broadway radio station, sounds of broadway.com if you are looking for non-stop broadway music tune into sounds of broadway.com playing the best from off broadway broadway and the london stage i hope you will join me on our next podcast episode until then stay safe be well and be informed with the broadway buzz entertaining
0: new possibilities the palace theater your palace your place shows for the